Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 84 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello, and welcome back. Today is the second in our four-part series called The Road to Nationals about everything you need to know in terms of fueling your gymnast, helping them stay healthy and hopefully perform their best this competition season. So today is all about keeping your gymnast healthy. (laughs) That's the goal, right? I feel like with a lot of our clients, especially those who have been working on nutrition for several months, several years, their kids are crushing it. They've had their upgrades, they're scoring well. And so at this point, I feel like I just hold my breath all season, hoping that they stay healthy. And here's the deal. And I'm real clear about this. Nutrition can do a lot for your gymnast. Nutrition is the foundation of everything that they do in now the gym in terms of providing the building blocks for them to grow and develop, repair, recover, and get better, stronger, faster from their training. But nutrition can't prevent every struggle and setback. There will always be injuries that aren't necessarily caused by underfueling. There are injuries that are due to overtraining, even if a gymnast is well-fueled. There are definitely injuries that are freak accidents that have to do nothing, you know, with underfueling. But at the same time, especially if you have a gymnast who's injured, hear me say, nutrition's still involved, right? It is still involved in the healing process and the comeback process in making sure that we are trying to maintain as much muscle mass as possible while your gymnast is on her recovery process, because we want to make sure that as she goes back into the gym, that we can safely and quickly kind of return to sport um, as best as possible. And so, yeah, today we're going to talk about what I think some of the most important things are in terms of keeping your gymnast healthy. And I know I have a lot of long-term listeners here. We have a lot of clients and program members who just love the podcast, which I adore. I think it's Um, just so fun (laughs) that you have one-on-one access to me and yet you also listen to the podcast. So if you've been through our programs, if you've been a one-on-one client, I think these are going to be great reminders. If you have not worked with us, if you are new to our world, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today is honestly somewhat some of the advanced strategies in terms of nutrition. So definitely make sure you go back to episode 84 because that's going to detail a lot more of the basics of nutrition and what we need to be really thinking about and focusing on during competition season. But for today, I want to start with immune health. And we actually have a whole separate podcast on this. Um, We'll link to that in the show notes. It's definitely on my brain because this month's um, workshop in our alumni membership is all about nutrition and immune health and keeping your gymnast healthy. Um, But giving you kind of the high level overview, you know, we all know that competition season is also during cold and flu season. And I have already had so many gymnasts who they've missed meats because they were sick. They've got upper respiratory infections. They've caught GI bugs. 
they are sick, but they still compete anyways. And they know it's not their best, right? Like we've all been there. Um, and I remember as a gymnast, you know, I would get like back to back upper respiratory infections during season and they just would not go away. And they would often turn into bronchitis. And at some point I might even need antibiotics. And I remember the pediatrician, like at one point just saying like, well, it's all the chalk, you know, you need to get away from the chalk. And (laughs) I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And I'm sure I rolled my eyes so hard. They probably fell out of my head because it's like, it's a gym, (laughs) right? Like you can't get away from the chalk. Um, and I also remember her saying like, Oh, maybe you just need to take some days off and some time off. And again, like massive eye roll because of the gymnast mentality, right? The gymnast mentality is you don't miss a day. You, you show up to practice, you know, whether you're sick and dying and falling apart or whether it's your birthday or whatever, right? Like no excuses. And yet, honestly, in my quote unquote, older, wiser age, I've actually found that now when I get sick, if I actually like take some time off and don't work out and get extra sleep and be kind and gentle to my body, I actually get better faster. And so it's funny because hindsight's 2020. And so I often think back to my experience as a gymnast and I'm like, geez, (laughs) maybe if I had missed one or two practices when I was super sick and actually slept and rested and hydrated and gotten good nutrition, I probably would have gotten over those sicknesses way faster And the one or two days I missed of practice would pale in comparison to all the other days where, yes, I still went to practice, but it definitely was probably not as productive and and quality that it could have been because because I was sick, right? So when thinking about immune health, um, this has definitely been a hot topic in the last few years because of COVID and all the things. But from a gymnast perspective, probably the biggest things that we have to focus on are adequacy of fueling adequacy of carbohydrate availability, adequacy of vitamin D and other nutrients like maybe zinc, selenium, and iron. And then honestly, just overall nutrient density. And as we talked about last episode, and we'll talk about a little bit more today, closing that recovery gap, making sure your gymnast is getting enough nutrition, AKA calories to support everything that has to happen in her body. That is one of the best defenses that you can have in keeping her healthy. Why? because the immune system is made of proteins. And if you are malnourished, if you do not have enough building blocks for your body to grow, develop, repair, recover, and adapt to training, literature actually shows that you will, you can have um, a suppressed immune system. So again, I think back to my own um, experience as a gymnast and I was massively underfueled. I did not fuel in and around my workouts. I was terrified of carbs. So I had like the triple whammy there in terms of I actually, in effort to be healthy, I was creating more inflammation in my body and suppressing my own immune system by not giving it the tools and the building blocks that it needs. And so I think when we think about immune health in the winter and cold flu season, you know, everyone wants to reach for the vitamin C, C, the zinc, and the echinacea. Like so many gymnasts that come to work with us, they are at least on all those supplements. Sometimes they're on a super random high dose of vitamin D. And I'm like, look, your priorities are out of order. I'm not saying that those supplements, you know, aren't helpful. And I'm not saying that you can't do them. But when your kid is meeting 50% of their daily calorie needs, it doesn't matter how much vitamin C you put them on. And to be honest, if you put them on too much, they're going to poop their pants. Like too much vitamin C causes diarrhea. Too much zinc 
will mess with your copper status, right? Like supplements are not innocuous. And we have some other episodes on supplements. We've got some blogs on supplements, but the bottom line is, you know, anyone that's kind of pushing or peddling these immune boosting supplements, you are better off spending your money, investing and learning how to fuel your gymnast because them eating enough, that will get them like 80 to 90% of the way that will make so much bigger of an impact in actually keeping them healthy and helping them to perform their best than dozens of random supplements that you could put your gymnast on that, you know, are advertised to be immune boosting and recovery helping and anti-inflammatory and all the things. So that's number one, we have to be eating enough. Number two, there's actually some really interesting research showing that inadequate carbohydrate availability, AKA not getting enough carbohydrate throughout the day, that also can increase inflammation and can dampen the immune system. And so thinking about gymnasts who often are told they have to eat clean, they have to eat lean and green, that carbs are fattening. It makes sense that we're actually making the problem worse. And what's also interesting about this research is it also relates to bone health. Inadequate carbohydrate availability can decrease the bone density, which will increase risk of stress reaction and stress fracture. And so as we're also thinking about this concept of just staying healthy during season, we don't just mean from an immune health perspective, but also a physical health perspective. And I know that a ton of you listening have gymnasts who are injured right now. I know that a good amount of you have gymnasts who are injured. You just don't know it yet because they either haven't told you or everyone's in denial and just wants to try to make it through the rest of season. And then you'll agree to go to the doctor and get it checked out. To be honest, it's probably going to take way longer for your kid to heal from that when you wait more, more time than you already have. And to be honest, you need to have a really frank discussion of how good is their training right now. And there's a big difference between having that discussion with an elite gymnast who is trying to qualify for Paris for the Olympics this summer. That discussion is very different than a 12 year old level seven gymnast who, if they have to miss the rest of the season because they're hurt and they need to get healthy and they're underfueled and they need to get caught up with growth, they can afford to do that and still stay on track for their goals. So I'm not saying that you know, if your kid pushes through an injury the rest of the season, that you're a horrible, horrible person, not saying that, but I would say that it's, it's very context specific. And in my experience, more often than not, you're going to waste more time with how much longer it's going to take for them to get better versus if you took kind of the more conservative approach and said, you know what, we just got to call it right now. And we're going to focus on your comeback the rest of the season, getting you healthy and getting you where you need to be so that you can have a strong off season and preseason. You can be healthy next year. So from an immune health perspective, lots of thoughts there, but honestly, before you go waste your money on high dose vitamin C and echinacea and all the things, you really got to make sure that your kid is eating enough overall to support the repair recovery process. Number two, in terms of, you know, how do we keep them healthy is sleep. And this is a tough one because not only is competition season cold and flu season, but it's also the spring semester. And I feel like arguably the spring semester is just a lot harder in terms of courses and workload because of competition season, your kid is missing a lot of school and there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of catch up and makeup. And so because of that, a lot of the high level gymnasts that we work with are barely getting six to seven hours of sleep a night. Here's the deal. The research shows that adolescents 
age 12 to 18, need a minimum of nine hours of sleep a night. And I know that many of your parents are going to tell me that that is just physically impossible, that they do not get home in time from gym and they have to be up so early for school that it is mathematically impossible for them to get that much sleep. I hear you say that. And in some instances, you might be correct. And at the same time, I know a lot of gymnasts that waste an hour or two on TikTok before they go to bed. I know a lot of gymnasts, even if you, you know, shut off their phone, they're still in their bed reading or doing whatever, you know, and wasting an hour. And I also know that a lot of gymnasts, and this is my own theory, but because they're so underfueled, they cannot focus very well during the day. And so even though they have pockets of time during the day to get caught up on their schoolwork, they don't because they're so inefficient because their brain doesn't have enough fuel to really stay focused and stay on target. And so instead of really maximizing those pockets of time and study hall and kind of dead time during the day where they could be getting quick assignments done, that way when they get home from gym, they can literally just eat dinner, shower, and go to bed. They're goofing off or they're just so tired, they're napping, they're distracted that they're not efficient. And so when they get home from gym, and it's already nine or nine 30. Not only do they have a full day of homework they have to do, but they've got a shower. They ought to eat dinner. They want some time to chill and relax and do whatever. And so it's tough. Like I've had this discussion with parents of younger gymnasts who are not getting on to bed on time, who are staying up too late doing homework. You know, everyone's kind of having a hard time adjusting. And they've asked me like, well, how do, how do your older gymnasts do this? And I'm like, discipline. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. But my most successful gymnasts know that if they don't sleep, they will not perform well and they don't want to risk it. They don't want to risk the injury. They know that if they're tired going into a workout, that they're not going to be firing on all cylinders, that their brain is not going to be able to respond as quickly and gymnastics is dangerous. And so not only is adequate sleep important for optimal performance and recovery, but it's also a safety concern. Something that people don't know about sleep is that's also where a lot of the magic happens in terms of motor learning, muscle protein synthesis, just overall repair recovery, kind of hormone regulation and resetting. And so it's really important that your gymnast is physically asleep long enough for all of those physiological processes to happen so that they can wake up refreshed, recovered, and ready to do it all over again. I would say the next thing in terms of keeping your gymnast healthy, and we touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to say it again. It's closing the recovery gap. It's making sure your gymnast is eating enough to support growth and development, repair recovery, and adaptation to training. If you've not listened to episode four of the podcast on REDS or what's called relative energy deficiency in sport, that is a must listen because that will explain probably a lot of the struggles and setbacks you see a lot of some of the health concerns and issues that we see. And again, it really just boils down to, we have to be giving the body the building blocks it needs. And this is really an aha moment for a lot of parents because it's basically like having a budget, right? Like if you go to the store and you swipe your debit card and you don't have any money in the bank, that transaction is going to bounce, right? It's going to say insufficient funds. A lot of our gymnasts are going to practice every day asking their bodies to do incredibly difficult stuff for four to five hours on insufficient funds, right? Like the check has bounced. There is zero money in the account. 
And the hard thing is that gymnasts are so incredibly tough that they do it anyways, right? They get through the workout, they get through the assignments, but we don't want just status quo. I want your gymnast's best. I want your gymnast to be able to perform at her best every single day, because that's what's going to separate her from the competition, especially if she's not as talented. And let's be honest, we work with gymnasts who are incredibly naturally talented And we work with a lot of gymnasts, more like myself as a gymnast, where it did not come easy, right? Everything took longer. I had to give more effort. It was that much harder. And so if you have one of those gymnasts, it is that much more important that they are leveraging every aspect of their nutrition and recovery to try and gain that competitive edge. And here's the deal. I love working with those athletes because they're like the dark horses, right? Like they're the people who are not expected to win who are not expected to succeed because maybe they aren't quote unquote as naturally talented, but because of that, they have a work ethic, they know how to work hard, and they often are very willing to do what it takes to get ahead of the competition. And that means sleep. That means get what they need to in terms of fuel, prioritizing nutrition and doing all the things. The next thing that really comes to mind for me and mind you at the time of this recording, it's about eight weeks till regionals, right? Like, yes, we have some time to make changes with nutrition, but honestly, at the same time, you should have done that months ago. And at this point, we're just trying to keep your kid healthy. Like that is the goal. We just got to keep them healthy through the rest of the season because they can take care of the rest. And so something that I think most parents ignore is thinking about the logistics of travel during season and how much that impacts a gymnast's ability to close the recovery gap, right? Oftentimes when we're flying, when we're driving, we don't eat as much as normal, which on one side of the argument, you don't need as much as normal, right? Like if your kid is not training four or five hours, in theory, she doesn't need as much that day if she's just sitting in the car all day or she's flying from you know point A to point B. But what people don't realize is like I talked in the first episode, because repair and recovery is an ongoing process and continues for up to 48 hours after exercise, Even if your gymnast has a quote unquote rest day as she's traveling to the competition, that doesn't mean that her body doesn't still need a good amount of nutrition to continue that ongoing repair and recovery. Like that's, what's going to help your gymnast feel refreshed. That's, what's going to help them feel good. That's, what's going to help them to be less sore, less tired. And so if we think about season, if we were to count up like all the meals and snacks that your gymnast misses, it could be significant. And we have research showing that as little as like two to 300 calories a day of a deficit can cause significant issues in terms of underfueling and recovery and hormonal function. So it's not, it's not a lot. And if your gymnast is already on the edge, like if we already are usually underfueled or we've been working on nutrition, a lot of gymnasts still just don't necessarily have those reserves. And I think the other more acute thing to think about is, you know, when you're traveling, your gymnast might be at podium training the next night, or they might be landing on the plane and going straight to the workout. And so you also have to pay attention to that part of the schedule and make sure that when your gymnast steps off that plane, when she gets out of the car, we're rehydrating, we're fueling, and we're ready to go, whether we're training that day or the next day or competing the next day or whatever is happening. So with that, I think those are my top nutrition related things that we all need to be thinking about in terms of keeping our gymnasts healthy on the road to nationals. 
But then I also have two things just to kind of leave you with to mull over that are not nutrition related, but definitely are worth considering. Number one is just overall workload monitoring and recovery management. And in my opinion, this is the coach's job. And if they don't know how to manage it, it's definitely something for them to partner with a gymnastics specific physical therapist and possibly even PT slash strength coach that can really help them to dial in the numbers, to dial in the reps, to make sure that, you know, we're pushing the gymnast enough, but not so much that they are completely destroyed, broken and injured by the time that season happens. And unfortunately, like this is not a now thing. Like this is something that should be thought about, you know, in the summer. And I work with some amazing coaches and amazing clubs where they have the whole year planned and periodized where they are counting every number. They're counting every rep. They're making sure they're managing the landings. Like they're doing everything they need to do to try to give their gymnasts the best shot at staying healthy. And then, you know, I also have clubs that unfortunately I think just don't have that expertise. Right. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for some countries have like standardized education for coaches and like actual levels of qualification that they have to go through just like judges. And I think there's a lot to be said for that because, you know, there's a lot more to coaching than just coaching, right? Like no, a coach does not need to be a dietitian. Like that is not their job, but they still need to be familiar with reds and underfueling and the warning signs and like what's appropriate and what's not, right? Again, a coach is also probably not a strength coach, but at the same time, like a lot of gyms don't have, you know, an actual strength coach that comes in and manages the conditioning. And so again, it's like something that the coach really needs to know and understand. And they also need to know and understand it for gymnasts of all ages and levels. Because what I notice is at some clubs, you know, they can train them when they're young and pre-puberty, but when gymnasts go through puberty and their body changes, like that's a whole different ball game. Like you are coaching young women with woman bodies and that's just different. And I'm not a coach. I'm not a coach. I'm not a strength coach. I'm not a, P- a PT and I don't try to be. And so honestly, the only help I can give you here is just trying to refer you to people that I know and trust um, off the top of my head. So Stacy Barber, she is a gymnastic specific physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach. She has her own practice, the PhysioFix, um, out in Phoenix, Arizona. She was a former, um, college gymnast. She's amazing. I adore her. She's worked with some very, very high profile athletes with me. And she is a great person. She consults with gyms. Like she is what you would look for in terms of, Hey, we want to bring someone in to make sure that our conditioning, to make sure that our numbers, to make sure that how we're like planning and periodizing the landings and everything else is giving our gymnast that longevity and the resiliency. So she's on the West coast on the East coast. I've got Dave Tilly. Um, he's been on the podcast before. He's also a gymnastic specific physical therapist, strength coach. He is incredible. Um, so he works out of champion physical therapy in the Boston area. He is also um, the owner creator of shift movement science, which is just an entire brand of, you know, blogs and podcasts and coaches courses and so much that like, if I were a gymnastics coach, like that is probably where I would go to get my education and start to get some support on, on these things. Um, there are several other amazing, you know, gymnastics specific PTs across the country. Um, Jenny Borda, she's in Ohio. Um, she has her own practice. She was a college gymnast at the Ohio state now as a PT she works with a ton of, of athletes and crossfitters and lifters and high level gymnasts. So again, like there definitely are some amazing key people and probably 
you know, almost every region across the U.S. and certainly um, internationally, like Scott Wilgris from Canada. And so there are definitely resources out there that if you are a coach or club owner and you have gymnasts that continue to get hurt and injured, like it's definitely worth looking into. Because again, you know, we can fix the nutrition piece, but if that workload management recovery piece is not where it needs to be, like they might still end up injured. And that's, that's a huge bummer. Like no one wants that. It's, it's gut wrenching for the kid, for the parent, for the coach. Like no one wants that. I think the second part of this, that again, it's not nutrition related, but it definitely is related to just advocacy and to culture change is being proactive with the aches and pains. And I definitely can speak from personal experience. Every single major injury I had, whether it was my Achilles tendons or my um, UCL tendon in my elbow, I waited too long. I was too afraid to say something, right? Like you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be the gymnast that cries wolf. Um, I think a lot of gymnasts when they're hurting, they're also in denial, right? Of, oh, I'm just sore, right? Like this can't be that bad. Like it's fine, especially during season, right? Like no one wants to quit mid-season. But again, every time I finally would get the injury checked out and I would see the doctor and see the physical therapist, they're like, yeah, this is going to take three times as long to heal because of how long you waited to actually like say something. And again, I think a lot of it's the culture, right? Young gymnasts, especially like, especially my young elite track hopes gymnasts, they are terrified. They don't want to look weak. They don't want to disappoint. They don't want to say anything. And so they will train and train and train and train and train on injuries to the point where, you know, when they finally speak up about it, they can't walk, right? Like it's so bad. They can't walk. And everyone's like sitting around scratching their heads and even kind of blaming them and saying, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you say something? And it's because of our culture, right? We do not have a good culture in this sport where it is safe for gymnasts to speak up proactively about aches and pains, right? And I'll say that, you know, especially for my high level gymnasts, my nine tens and my elites, they wouldn't still be here if they didn't care. (laughs) And so when they speak up and say something's hurting, you need to take them seriously. And so I, I often tell gymnasts, like, I want you to have a relationship with your coach and I want you to have a relationship with a physical therapist where if anything starts to hurt or twinge or whatever, like get it looked at, rule it out. If it's nothing awesome, move on. They got paid anyways. If it is something, then we can proactively address it. And that could be the difference between you missing one or two weeks of season versus missing the whole season and all of the summer. So again, while it doesn't have a lot to do with nutrition, it's definitely an important part of gymnasts maturing, of them finding their voice, of being able to advocate for themselves. And I think also just a really important part of culture change in the sport. So with that, I hope you found this episode really helpful. I hope your wheels are turning and you're definitely thinking about some things that you need to work on with your gymnast. You probably know a lot of this, right? You probably know that your kid doesn't sleep enough and you probably know that they're skipping meals and snacks and you probably know that they don't eat enough when they're traveling. And so if you need support, early enrollment is open for the Balanced Gymnast Program. Just click the link in the show notes, send me a DM on Instagram, happy to chat about your gymnast and how we can support you. Because again, it's eight weeks till regionals. So we still do have some time to work on nutrition, make some changes that could actually make a difference in how they feel and their performance and their resiliency. So with that, stay tuned. Next episode will be part three of our four-part road to nationals series. We're going to be chatting a lot more about meals and snacks, performance nutrition, and one of the biggest problems that we encounter with gymnasts, which is how to handle nutrition on the weekends. 
So if that is of interest to you, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you've really loved it, please give us a rating and review. That's one of the best ways to just help spread the word to other gymnasts and parents. And with that, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.